Let's pray before we begin. Lord please let us understand your word and put it in our hearts. May it shape our lives to be more like your Son. In Jesus' name we ask, Amen. Because everybody's having a wonderful time. And, uh, but uh, be good to everybody, because everybody is having a tough time. Now in the first place I want to say this, great men are kind men. <clears throat> great men are kind men. You say, are all great men kind men? Yes. Kindness is a virtue necessary to greatness. person isn't kind, he's not great. Cicero said, nothing is so popular as kindness. Shakespeare said, kindness, is, kindness in women not only, no, no, pardon me, kindness in women, not their beauteous looks, shall win my love. I wish you young men listened to that. I wish you would. Did you know, I, get a little, I, I think it is so worldly to say, uh, did you know she's got a new boyfriend? Oh, that's good. He's cute. Now, ain't that something in the first place? I never saw it. We haven't got a cute boy in this church. And, uh, but he's cute. Or I'm so glad she's going, he's going with her because she sure is cute. Or she's so pretty. Uh, did you know that's a dumb way to choose a girlfriend or a boyfriend? Uh, once again, I say, Shakespeare said, Kindness in women, not their beauteous looks, shall win my love. Aren't you glad, Brother Sully, that, uh, that uh, your wife wasn't looking for beauty? And, uh, <clears throat> and so forth. But um, I'm, I'm saying that, that there, there is a, I mean it, I mean it, there is a wicked philosophy going around among young people nowadays. You go with somebody because she's cute. Um, I'd suggest, why don't you say, I, I'm so glad that he goes with her. She is such a fine, Christian, kind, wonderful person. Or he's such a fine, kind, good, fine young man. That'd be much, much better than saying, he's cute. Did you know, <laughs> I hate to say this, but let's see if I can find an example here. Oh, let me see if I can find an example here. Uh, let me see if I can find an example here. Uh, let's see if there's anybody here. No, I don't see exactly what I'm looking for up here. Uh, let's see. Where, who am I looking for? I've lost. Oh, Burnside, you're a perfect example. Stand up, would you please? <coughs> Did you know one time he was cute? Thank you very much. Now, I'm sorry, but, uh, but they don't stay cute. Did you know at one time, some, one, one teenage girl said, said, uh, guess who asked me for a date? And the uh, uh, question, answer was, who? And, and she said, Harold Sullivan. He's the cutest thing in our school. And look what that became. <laughs> now, did you, know, did you know a long time after cuteness is faded, and it has been faded for a long time, <laughs> <clears throat> Did you know a long time after cuteness is faded, kindness is still there? I'm afraid to take some ladies as, as illustrations because I don't need to lose any members right now. But, uh, but uh, did you know, honestly... That, uh, that beautiful complexion will someday look like real rocks and rills and rivers and hills. And, uh, and did you know that that, uh, that that big bushy head of hair someday will still be present uh, in the laboratory? And, 
it's, it's not. I'm simply saying that if we ever get to place to where we teach our young people, don't go with somebody because she's cute. Don't choose a girlfriend because she's cute. Uh, now, don't misunderstand me. I think that if you'll be as attractive as you can, but did you know that some of the most beautiful ladies I know, people that don't know them, don't think they're pretty? I could name uh, a dozen ladies in this church that I think are beautiful uh, who would not win any beauty contest. And the first time I saw them, <laughs> anyway, uh, but what, what, what am I saying? I'm saying that the old statement, beauty is as beauty does. I'm, I'm, I'm off the sermon now trying to help you young people. But I'll tell you what, did you know that that fellow who's the handsomest fellow in the senior class, when he gets baldness, what is it, baldness and bifocals and bridges and bulges and bunions, he's just going to be an old worn-out codger. And as you know, if he's kind, you'll be glad you have him, because the, the handsomeness won't stay there. Did you know Ray Bordway used to be cute? <laughs> John Colston never was, but most men were. <coughs> <clears throat> I think John's cute now. But, but I'm saying that uh, kindness is so vital. Wordsworth said, The best portion of a good man's life is his little deeds of kindness. Tennyson said, Kind hearts are more than coronets and simple faith and Norman blood. Landor said, Kindness is a language that even deaf can hear and blind can see. Uh, Seneca said, Wherever there is a human being, there is an opportunity for kindness. Uh, Sophocles said, or as somebody said, Sophocles said, Kindness is ever the begetter of kindness. In Jeremiah 31, 3, With loving kindness have I drawn thee. There's not a thing, there is not a thing that fundamentalists need any more today than a revival of kindness. Let me say again, as I say so often, I'm a fundamentalist. I believe that, uh, that the Bible is true. I believe that, that we ought to live right, and I hate sin, and you, you know I hate sin. I hate the, the dirty liquor traffic, and I, I hate the, uh, the, the kind of philosophy that will let people drink poison. I hate the narcotic traffic. I hate Hollywood with a passion. I hate, the, I hate communism. I hate anything that has to do with communism. I think it's a dirty, crooked, crooked shame when we allow communists to speak on our campuses. I think we ought to rise up in indignation. I hate sin. I hate it because the dirty Channel 11 is having a nude program, a nude uh, five nights of a nude program on television. And I want everybody in this house tomorrow, sometime tomorrow, to call Channel 11 or, and, 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 and complain about the filth that's going to be placed on Channel 11 and going to be available in your living room. You say, what time is it going to be? I'm not going to tell you what time it's going to be. I don't want to chance it. But I'm simply saying that, that uh, I hate sin, and I hate wrong, and I hate evil. But did you know there still ought to be in fundamentalism a kindness one toward the other? We ought to hate the dirty liquor and hate the liquor traffic and hate that which ruin robs so many people of health and home and dads and happiness and decency and virtue. 
and yet we ought to reach out to the fellow who's bound by liquor and say, God bless you. I want to help you in Jesus' dear name. We ought to hate the prostitution and hate the wicked selling of women's bodies and the lewdness and licentiousness that run run so prevalent in our country. And yet we ought to hate it and fight it. We ought to hate the Playboy magazine and hate the penthouse magazine and hate the X-rated movies and hate, hate the dirty sin of our country. And yet you know, when some poor fallen woman comes to church, we ought to, in God's name, say Jesus loves you and we want to help you. I'm saying we ought to be kind one to the other. That people oftentimes, they can't figure me out. They say, uh, you're, we come to hear you preach one time, and you're the meanest thing. You holler and stomp and scream, and you're a bigot. The next time we come, and you preach on sympathy, and you cry, and you look like we, we think you're such a sweet, kind fellow. I said, which are you? I say, I'm both. I'm both. Amen. I hate sin, but I love the sinner. I hate communism, but I love the communist. Hate liquor, but I love the but I love the drunkard. I hate dope, but I love the addict. And so God wants us to. And, and I I think ought to be kind. <clears throat> I was over in, in the barber shop, and uh, every once in a while I I don't get it cut much around here, but I have to have the top thinned out occasionally. And and uh, so I <laughs> I think you'll agree the barber's done a splendid job on <clears throat> thinning it out. But uh, I. Uh, I was in a barber shop, and uh, a fellow walked in, and you know who he was? He runs, a, he runs a tavern less than two blocks from where I am right now. I mean, it's a hellhole. I mean, it's as sorry as the devil. I mean, the fellow's going to answer to God for keeping the place open. I mean, he's ruining lives, breaking homes, wrecking health, ruining chastity and decency, and he's going to face God over it. And I hate that place, and I wish it burned down. And nobody entered, of course. It's sort of like the fellow who hadn't seen the fellow for a long time. Said, hey, how you doing? Said, I got married since I saw you last. Well, that's good. Said, no, it wasn't so good. Well, said, why wasn't it so good? Well, said, she's fat. Oh, said, that's too bad. No, said, it wasn't so bad. Well, said, why wasn't it so bad? Well, said, she's rich. Oh, that's good. No, said, it wasn't so good. Said, why wasn't it so good? Wait till I get through for you, laugh. And uh, I said, why wasn't it so good? He said, because uh, she wouldn't give me any of it. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Oh, said, it wasn't so bad. Said, why wasn't it so bad? Well, said, she uh, built me a house. Oh, that's good. No, said, it wasn't so good. Well, said, why wasn't it so good? Said, the house burned. Oh, that's too bad. No, I said it wasn't so bad. I said, why wasn't it so bad? Well, I said she was in it. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, I, uh, I'd like for the dirty place to burn down. I'd, I wouldn't want nobody to be in it because I, I don't want any sinner to get burned or uh, die and because that the unsaved person goes to hell. And I don't want anybody to do that. But I was in a barber shop and the fellow that runs that place that I, I think is a disgrace and a shame and an abomination to our city. I was in the barber shop and, and he was getting a haircut and I was waiting. And we chatted and I was nice to him and we talked about the Cubs. Neither one of us cared for Ron Santo. And uh, so we, we talked about the Cubs and we had a nice conversation. And after, I, after he left, somebody said, You know, sir, I'm surprised you were so nice to that fellow. Well, I said, I don't I have no reason to be unkind to him. Well, I said, I've heard, I've heard you holler and preach. I've heard that you holler and preach about liquor and taverns. I know I do, but I'm kind to tavern keepers and tavern owners. I don't have a, I have a desire to be unkind. When they had this dirty hellhole over here, the village boutique over here, this hippie joint where they lived in like animals and the communal and passed out 34-letter words, uh, I was kind to the people. 
And uh, when I meet them, now they came here to church. I'd heal the dead, cast out the sick, and raise the devils. But uh, when they, uh, uh, when they, uh, uh, when I saw them personally, I was kind. I don't think there's ever a time for a Christian to be personally unkind to anybody to try to hurt him or blow, blow your stack, or lose your temper. I think we ought to be kind to each other. You say, well, Brother Hiles, I hear what folks hate our church. I know they do, but I think we ought to be kind to them. Well, Brother Hiles, uh, <coughs> people cuss you. What shall I do then? Knock the fire out of them. Uh, I, no, I don't mean that. There's a fellow in this church who was out at the steel mill, and a fellow cursed me, and cursed me hard. And this man in our church grabbed the hammer, and he said, I can't hit you on the job. But he said, don't let me ever see you outside the job. He said, if I ever catch you outside this building, I'm going to wrap this hammer around your neck. And I prayed and prayed. He'd see him somewhere outside the building. And, uh, no, I don't think we ought to be unkind to people. I think we ought to love those that hate us and bless those that curse us. Somebody says, I hate that blankety-blank church. I think we ought to love them. Somebody on the street doesn't speak to me. I think I ought to speak to them. There's a, a lady I met on the street corner going down past Hammond Times. She wasn't from the Hammond Times, but she saw me and she went like that. I don't know why, what good that does, but that's the way they all do. And, uh, and all, I spoke to her. I said, good morning, how are you? And she stuck her nose in the air and spewed like a cat's just seen a dog. And, and, uh, and so, uh, you know what I did? I, I ran around the block right quick so I could meet her again. And uh, I said, hello, how are you? And like that. And she did all the time. And uh, I, don't, I don't want to be unkind. Honestly, I mean that. Maybe I was unkind in being kind. I'm not sure. But, uh, but God wants his people to be kind. There's a second thing. It is God-like to be kind because God is kind. Psalm 31, 21, he has showed you marvelous kindness in a strong city. Psalm 117, verse 2, His merciful kindness is great toward us. Isaiah 54, 8, With everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee. Nehemiah 9, 17, Thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. Paul said to Timothy, uh, <coughs> Kindness and the love of God, our Savior, to man. Did you know that you will never know all the blessings God wants you to know until you learn to be kind? I mean to be kind. This thing of, of fussing with each other and talking back to each other and trying to hurt somebody's day and not speaking to somebody. That's not God's plan. That's not what God wants us to do. God wants us to bring cheer and joy and happiness into people's lives. I wish I could tell you tonight. I, I, I'm tempted. I won't. But I wish I could tell you tonight. Of all the kindness that people in this room bring to people. So many unknown heroes and unsung heroes in this room. Many a little child will go to Hammond Baptist grade school and Baptist City grade school. Many a teenager will go to Hammond Baptist High School. And many a young person will go to Hiles Anderson College tomorrow morning because of the kindness of our people in helping them. Somebody came to my office this morning. And by the way, uh, the, the, the girl will know this is true now. Well, I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you. Uh, a girl came to my office this morning. And she said, Brother Hiles, she said, I'm going to get to go back to Hammond Baptist. I, I couldn't go because I couldn't afford it, but I got a job. And she said, I'm going to get to go back to Hammond Baptist High School now. And she was so happy and pleased. She told, told me about the job. She said, you think it's okay for me to have the job? I said, no, I think that job's wrong and not good for you. But she said, if I don't keep the job, I can't go to Hammond Baptist. And I said, I still don't think you ought to keep the job. I think the job's wrong. 
I don't think you ought to have it. She said, well, how will I get to go to Hammond Baptist? And I said, the Lord knows you need to go to Hammond Baptist. And after she left, I cried and said, dear Lord, provide a way for her to go to Hammond Baptist. You know, the second person after she went out and the second person after I prayed walked in and said, Brother Hiles said, uh, I've de- my husband and I have decided to send some worthy student to Hammond Baptist the rest of the semester. And now that girl's going to get to go. You know why? Because the kindness of our people. I wish you knew the kindness of people. I'll just call a few names and I'll get in trouble, I know. But I wish you knew the kindness of people like the McCarrolls and Mrs. Caesar and uh, Elmer Lord and Mr. Newman and uh, Dr. Billings and Dr. Streeter and countless dozens of others who've helped people and taken money from their own pockets and paid tuitions and paid food, bought food for people and have given when they didn't have to give and done without themselves so they could, so they could give. I, you know what? There's still some decent people left in this old world. Did you know that? Uh, and listen, why don't the newspapers put that in the headlines? Amen. They're looking for a bunch of scandal about so-and-so did this and killed somebody and a fellow hijacked an airplane. Why don't they put in the headlines what I know happens? People that sacrifice. And, and I know folks that were going to buy new cars and didn't buy new cars. Why? Because they wanted to send some little stranger they didn't even know to the Hammond Baptist school system. I could but the Arroyos of the day. One of our fine families have a lot of children. I don't know how many. It's 33, I think, is the last count. <laughs> but, but anyway, I, uh, they, they, they lived over in Gary, and they had a fire. Their house was, was gutted by fire. And uh, so they, uh, they, they moved out in the Crown Point, wasn't it? Crown Point. And uh, what happened? An arsonist burned that house down, too. And it was gutted just the other day. I wish you knew all the kind things. Our, our, our deacons met last uh, Wednesday night, and uh, we've given the Arroyo six months to live in one of our trailers that was parked out here. Uh, it's not sold yet, and we've given them six months, and we're only going to charge them $300 a month rent for that. <laughs> Be ye kind one to another. There's a scripture about that, too. They were strangers, and we took them in. And uh, so, uh, but... Uh, but there, they have it, and all of that. The college kid, most of them having a tough time staying in school, uh, took up an offering, didn't you? And got $700 for the Arroyos out the college, and, and the, the kids sacrificed for that. And so many other kind deeds. Listen, if you ever got to know the blessing of sharing and of giving and of being kind to people, you wouldn't want to ever hurt anybody anymore. You never would. I... Uh, I've not tasted it very much of it, but every once in a while I have a weak moment and kind to somebody and try to do something a little kind. I recall <clears throat> I was out on the West Coast and a fellow walked up to me. Uh, he's now a famous, a well-known preacher, very well-known, and uh, I think president of a college. <clears throat> and he said, I, will always, I always stand for you, Dr. Howes. And people across the country said, boy, if your name is ever brought up, anybody criticizes you. And I said, criticize me? Why would anybody criticize me. And he said, well, if he ever does, anybody ever does. He said, he defends you. I said, you know why? I said, why? He said he was going to the mission field as a young preacher over 20 years ago. He came by. They never saw you before. He came by your office and told you to pray for him and gave you a prayer card. He said you took out uh, your billfold and just emptied your billfold and gave it to him. He'll never forget it. I was a preacher in, in uh, Virginia right now. You talk about a friend, he'll die for me. He and his wife came by to visit one time in our church, and there, he was a evang- young evangelist just out of college. And uh, 
I wrote a check for his motel bill and paid his motel bill. And my, the blessings that I... I was about to preach the other night, the other day, in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee. An evangelist stood up and said, I've never said this. But he said, 18 years ago, Dr. Jack Hiles did something for me and befriended me. He said, I just want to turn, Dr. Hiles, and thank you for what you did for me after these 18 years. Uh, if you cast your bread on the water, the Bible says it'll come back. It'll come back. And the old colored fellow said it'll come back buttered if you cast your bread on the water. And it will. It will. I, I was down in Greensboro, North Carolina. A lady walked up to me. She said, Dr. Hiles, you know who I am? I said, no, I don't. She said, my husband is in Europe on a trip. But he heard you were going to be in this area. And he said, 15 years ago, you, you, you did something kind for him. He never forgot it. Now, she said, you go down to the Belk's department store downtown Greensboro and buy you a new suit of clothes. Just pick out any suit you want to pick out in the Belk's department store. And I have a suit that I wear often. You know why? Because 15 years ago, just a kind deed. Let me tell you a sweet story. I, I've never told this. And the truth is, I hadn't even thought about it till the other day. Something reminded me of it. Um, I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, before I ever pastored here, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, preaching. <coughs> I was in a... I was in a, a uh, motel, I was walking out in front of the restaurant, and there was a fellow on the corner there, and he walked up and said, Mister, he said, C could you give me a, a dollar for a meal? That's back when you get a meal for a dollar. And uh, now you can get a half a gallon of gas. But uh, he said, uh, could you give me a dollar for a meal? I never, I never give anybody a dollar or any money for a meal. I said, I'll buy you one. I took him in the restaurant, and I said, now you pick out what you want. He picked out a good plate lunch, and I fed the fellow. It cost, I think, two dollars and a half or so, and I fed him. I was in a conference in a city in America not long ago, and a fellow walked up to me, and he said, he said, here's a ten-dollar bill. I want you to go buy you the biggest steak they have in, a, in the steakhouse. And I said, why? He said, because years ago I was walking past a restaurant in a motel in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and he said, I didn't have anything to eat. And he said, you fed me. And I enjoyed that steak. I got me a $9.95 steak, left a nickel, left the tip of a nickel, and, and uh, <coughs> got me a big steak, <coughs> a fillet, mignon, and, uh, <coughs> and uh, <coughs> got me a big steak. And uh, by the way, <coughs> I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, just the other day, last, uh, let's see, it's been about... Uh, in November, preaching for the South Wild Baptist Fellowship, staying at the Holiday Inn, downtown Chattanooga. And I saw an old fellow walking by, looked like he was hungry, and I walked up and asked him if I could buy him a meal. Uh, I want another steak. That's the only way I ever get any steaks, you see. And uh, eight or ten years from now, I want a steak. Listen, if you ever knew the joy, I mean this now. It's, a, it's, an, un, it's an unhappy way to live a selfish life. I mean, uh, not sharing and not giving and not being kind. It's a miserable, wretched way to live. Young people, learn to give and learn to share. And college students, keep, keep up what you do now. Uh, I know a girl in this church, one of our fine girls. She grew up with Becky. She's the age of Becky. She's always been one of the sweetest girls in our church. When she was a little girl, she used to kiss me on the cheek. Funny thing, when they get about 18, they don't want to kiss me on the cheek anymore. But... Uh, and uh, anyway, she, she uh, used to kiss me on the cheek at Becky's age, and and uh, time, sweet girl, and a beautiful smile. And I had such hopes that she'd go to a Christian college. And we started our high school and college about the same time. And this girl said, uh, 
the Brother Hyle said, I'm, I thought you, I said, are you going to go to college? She said, no, I'm not going to go to college. Well, I was a little bit, bit perturbed. I mean, she's one of my favorite girls. I thought, well, she ought to go. And I said, why aren't you going to go? And she said, well, just, just don't think I will. Well, I said, why? Well, she said, I just have so many bills. She didn't tell me what the bills were. But I found out that she was working extra hard to send her younger sister to Hammond Baptist High School. And she didn't get to go to college. That's just one story of many, many, many stories. But it's a sorry way to live, to live for yourself. Live. Well, why don't you learn be a kind one to another? Why don't you learn to share? Why don't you learn to, to take something out of your own pocket that you, that you need and give it to somebody else? And when you see somebody that has a need, take it as a challenge to fill the need. First place, it'll make them happy. Second place, it'll make you happy in the years to come. It'll make you happy now. I've told the story so many times, but uh, uh, it was um, uh, General Booth was in London, England one day, walking around the block, just walking down the street, and he saw a little kid. little kid was crying, crying his heart out. And General Booth said, What's wrong, son? And the kid said, I, I, My mother only has one, we'll say, dollar, only one dollar, and she sent me to the grocery store, and I lost it. We don't have any more money, and I'm afraid to go home. And General Booth opened his billfold and took a dollar bill and gave it to the little boy. And the little boy said, oh, thank you, sir. Oh, thank you, sir. And he hugged, he hugged him around the knees and looked up at him with such a face of gratitude. It is said that General Booth walked around the block the rest of the day trying to find another little boy that lost a dollar. You know what? He would found the secret. The happiest folks I know are, you say, boy, if I just had a, a Cadillac, I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't. You couldn't drive it. You, look, you just drive by these service stations uh, and, and see what cars are there, huh? You watch these Volkswagens and bicycles passing up these Cadillacs. Did you hear about the boy that drove up to a, to a service, service station that was closed? Another guy got behind him, two boys, teenage boys, and started to line, and 40 cars lined up behind him. And then they drove away, and the folks in the back end didn't know when they sat there half a day waiting for gasoline. I said, David, you shouldn't have done that. That's not a nice thing to do. <coughs> oh, if I had a Cadillac, I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't. You'd be as miserable as other Cadillac owners. Now, we have some Cadillac owners in the church here, and uh, but they're going to be happy because they're going to give them to the church after the service tonight and, uh, and share. No. If I just had a boy, if I had all the money I want. No, 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 no. That wouldn't make you happy. I, uh, you, that would make you happy. If I just had a bunch of clothes, I guess I got more clothes than the man I know. Folks buy me clothes. Listen, honestly, honestly. Folks buy me more clothes than I can wear. The reason is I'm going to wear one suit at a time. And, but they do. And, uh, and I have, but you know, I, it doesn't make much difference to me. I mean, uh, uh, People always say, that's a pretty suit. I said, no, it's not the suit, son. It's the man that makes the clothes, not the clothes that makes the man. But the honest truth is, that's, that's not what, 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 what makes folks happy. Uh, did you know a tent or a cottage? Why should I care? They're building a palace for me over there. It doesn't matter. Good night. This garment's here. That doesn't matter too much. What kind of house you live in? That doesn't matter too much. What kind of car you drive? That doesn't matter too much. What kind of money you got in the bank? That doesn't matter a great deal. Well, you handsome. That doesn't matter a great deal. You know, the happiest folks I know are little people um, that don't have much. And uh, and maybe they live in a little shack out in the country somewhere. And they have maybe two rooms and a path, a private path. But uh, 
two rooms and a path, out to the outhouse, out in the, out 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 the back in the backyard, and they drink out of a dipper, and uh, they maybe have a wood stove, but they have love, and they have joy, and they have peace with God, and they love the Bible. Uh, you know, our nation had more happy people before we had all the stuff we have now. By the way, a lot of folks here, you were happier too before you got all the stuff you have now. We didn't know we were poor. Listen, a dollar bill or a million of them or ten million stacked on top of each other never made anybody happy. Never made anybody happy. Did you know a new car? Oh, for a while it makes you happy. Uh, for a day or two, but don't do it. <laughs> a new car and, and, uh, and, and, it, and it rains. Oh, you say, it's raining on my car. And you go wipe off over a spot of dust. You don't realize the thing been sitting down there at that, uh, what's the Oldsmobile house? J.J. Wright's out in the snow, under the snow for three months. And, uh, but you say, oh, I'm so happy I got a new car. You wait till the month, wait till the first of the month comes around. And you won't be near as happy. No, cars don't make anybody happy. And houses don't make anybody happy. And clothes don't make folks happy. Happy people are those people that have learned to be kind one to another. Be a kind one to another. The Bible commands kindness. Not only is it God-like and are great men kind men, the Bible commands kindness. David said to Jonathan, deal kindly with thy servant. In Second Peter 1, 7, in the great mathematic scripture, add to godliness brotherly kindness. Naomi said to Ruth and Orpah, the Lord deal kindly with you. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, put on kindness. In Romans 12, 10, it says, be kindly affection one to another. Second Corinthians 6, 6, approving ourselves as ministers of God by kindness. How does a fellow prove he's a minister of God? One way is kindness. Kindness. Oh my, I could tell you so many stories, and many of you have heard them, and it's, I, I, there's so many stories I want you new folks to hear that uh, I hate not to tell them, but I can recall about that little one morning I left the house. I was going to um, Japan to preach, and I went, and I went by, I had to get my shots, and I'd forgotten to get my shots, and had about a day or two before the deadline, I went by the Hammond Clinic out here to get some shots. Well, I don't like shots. If I do get them, I prefer them in the arm. But anyhow, I, I don't like shots. And um, let's get these in a hurry, would you please? Don't, please. <laughs> but I and went by and I had to get some shots. And uh, so uh, the nurse said, uh, are you ever Hiles? I said, yes, I'm Brother Hiles. And uh, she said, well, you've got to have these shots. And so I said, I'm going to be a good boy. I'm not going to whimper a bit. I'm not going to cry. Well, she said, I'm so proud of you. And uh, so uh, I, I, she gave me uh, a couple of shots. I won't tell you where, but she gave me a couple of shots. And after I got the shots, uh, I, she said, that's all. You can go now. I said, go. She said, well, yeah. I'm all. I said, but you haven't finished yet. She said, why? I said, I didn't cry one whimper, and you didn't get me a sucker. And so she said, just a minute, and she went in the office, and she got a handful of suckers. She said, here's one for you and one for all your assistant pastors, too. <clears throat> it's only fair to say I didn't let you fellows have yours. I kept them all myself because I wanted to be kind. didn't want you to have all those calories and so forth. But I, uh, uh, so I came, and I, by the time I got here, it's time to go on radio broadcast. And you, as you know, my broadcast is very, very planned. Sometimes I spend 30 seconds planning that broadcast. And uh, so... Uh, I came on there, and uh, I was still sort of smarting a little bit. Smart means I was hurting a little bit. And I said to the folks, I said, guess what I just did? 
I said, I just, uh, I just uh, got some shots. But I said, folks, I didn't whimper again. I was a good boy. I didn't cry. This on the radio now. On my formal worship service every morning we have. <coughs> I didn't cry. And uh, I said, and I got through. The nurse didn't give me a sucker. And I asked her for a sucker, and she gave me a whole handful. I was over at Carson Pier and Scott getting a sweater for my sister for her birthday. And a little lady came across the store, and she said, uh, You're Evan Howes, aren't you? I said, Have you seen me before? No, I said, I heard you laugh before. Said anybody know that laugh? <laughs> and she said, I'd know that laugh anywhere. I said, Where'd you hear me laugh? She said, On the radio broadcast. I said, Do I laugh on the broadcast? She said, Well, of course you do. I didn't know that. I didn't know it. She said, I've heard you laugh so many times. Then she told me a sweet story. She said, Brother Hiles, or Reverend Hiles, she said, She said, uh, One morning I was about to quit to end my life. I didn't want to live. I think she said her husband had left her with some kids to rear something, but I didn't want to live. And she said, Brother Hiles, she said, uh, I, I had a weapon to shoot myself, to kill myself. I think she said a gun. She said, I, I, the radio happened to be on, and I was just right about ready to shoot myself. And she said, uh, I heard a voice say, Folks, uh, I've been a good boy. I didn't whimper when I got some shots. And I thought, that's Reverend Hiles talking in it. And uh, she, she said, and I asked the nurse for some suckers. And she said, uh, I said, the nurse, said, you said, the nurse brought me a handful. Said, give some one of the assistant pastors too. And she said, I started laughing, and I laughed. And she said, what kind of a guy is it? It would be a preacher that would be on broadcast and talk about getting suckers at Hammond Clinic. And said, I put the gun down, didn't shoot myself, because my day was made brighter. And she said, Pastor, she said, every day I just live till I can hear your broadcast. And she said, I love to hear you laugh, and I just wanted you to know, just one little deed of kindness saved a life. Just one deed of kindness. I was in, in uh, uh, leaving Texas to move up here. A fellow drove over, brought uh, his wife and two other couples with him from Fort Worth, Texas. He said, I want to tell you goodbye. You're leaving Texas. I want to tell you goodbye. said, uh, you won me to Jesus. I said, me? I won you to Jesus? Yeah. I said, man, I don't even know you. I know you. He said, you won me on the radio. I said, one morning, I was driving down the radio, or down the radio, and uh, I, was, uh, I was listening to the highway, and uh, <clears throat> so I turned the center stripe on, and uh, I was driving down the highway. Oh, I'm glad you're listening. You know, when I make a mistake and you laugh real loud, it's music to my ears, because I know you're there. And uh, so as I said, I was driving down this television set, and I... Uh, Right on the highway, he said, uh, he said, I heard, uh, it's 6.05, Sunday, uh, uh, in the morning, he said, I heard, uh, some fellow hollering, you ought to quit your cigarettes! Said it was, said it was you. And I said, I cursed and said they shouldn't allow a fellow like that to be on the radio. Said, AFCC ought to do something about the fellow hollering and screaming and beating. Said, you said, you're gonna get born again, you're gonna spit hell wide open! By the way, you are. And, uh, so <clears throat> said I cursed and swore and turned you off and said I'll never listen to you again. Next morning I was driving down the same expressway down Fort Worth, Texas, and said I, uh, I said I want to listen to some music, but I'm not going to listen to that nut that I heard yesterday. So I turned it way over here on the other end, set a 660 on the dial, turned it here with 1300, 1400, and so forth, and said, but but along about five minutes after six, ten after six, I got thinking. I wonder what that crazy fool's hollering about this morning. So I said, something made me turn you on. And said, you were screaming again. Ah, you're going to get right 
Boys got. So I thought, good night. No station ought to allow that kind of stuff on the radio. I cursed and swore and turned you off. And next morning, I was driving to work, and I said, well, I got to hear some music, but not that fool. I'm not going to. And he said, about six fifteen. I got so I got so so inquisitive. Wonder what in the world? Said I. I got to listen and turned you on on again. Said you hollering and screaming again. And said he said I, I, I cursed and swore and uh, and reached out to turn you off again. He said, you know what you said? I didn't know what I said. Did, don't even remember it yet. But he told me this. He said, you said, hey, fella, don't you touch that tile. <coughs> well, he said, I, I obeyed, then I, I left you on. Then he said, you know what you said? And I said, I have no idea what I said. He said, now pull your car over side the road. But he said, I pull my car over side the road. Then he said, you know what you said? I said, don't have any idea what I said. He said, then you said, now open the door and get out. So I opened the door and got out. He said, then you said, get on your knees and ask God to forgive you and save your soul. And he said, bless God, I did. Bless God. He said, I got saved beside the car there on the expressway. And uh, I was back in Fort Worth not many years ago, Fort Worth, Texas. fellow walked up to me and said, you know me? And I said, uh, no. He said, don't touch that dial. I said, yes, I know who you are. I know who you are. I said, what are you doing now? He said, I'm pastor of Baptist Church here in Fort Worth, Texas. They say, you just never know what one little word is going to do. You never know. And uh, so the Bible commands it. And um, Colossians 3, 2, 3, 2, put on kindness. Be kindly affection one to another. Approving ourselves as ministers of God by kindness. When I came to Hammond, <coughs> pastor, Jim Lyons, was assistant pastor, came from Texas with me. Oh, my. Folks started... Boy, all of this town, folks said that Texas preacher has come up here and chased off all the people, and he's changed the church, and he's as mean as can be, and he hates everything, and he's bigoted, and he's, he's mean. And I said to Jim Lyons, I said, two things we're going to do. First, we're going we're to make a hundred visits a week apiece and show folks we're kind. And second, I'm going to get on the radio and have a kind broadcast. And that's where it all started. Uh, and a happy good morning to our radio family, and welcome to the pastor study. This is the broadcast, not with a kick in the pants, but with a pat on the back. We just dropped by your house today to say howdy, and hope you have a good today. Man alive, look out the window, it sure is snowing today. Be careful, we need you, especially your tithes, and, uh, and uh, so forth. And that's where it all started. That's the way I do it, morning after morning after morning. And across town, people started saying, you know, said they say he's mean as the devil, but said he doesn't sound like the devil on the broadcast. Said he sounds like he's nice. And they'd come to him and preach then. They'd say, yep, he's mean as the devil. And uh, well, I'm simply saying that, that, that you prove yourself as a minister of the gospel. How? By being kind. By being kind. God wants us to be kind. God doesn't want us to. God, I know, I know young preachers that go move to a new town and go down to the clothing store and say, I'm a minister. Can I have a 10% discount? If I were the fellow, I'd add 10% to your bill. So you have ministerial discounts? I hope you get laryngitis and keep it the rest of your life. Never preach a sermon. God's preachers ought to be the kindest people in town. The kindest, gentlest people in town. I mean, we all hate sin, but love the sinner. Hate the liquor, but love the drinker. Um, describing a virtuous woman, our Lord says, in her tongue is the law of kindness. In Proverbs 31, 
And, of course, in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, love suffereth long and is kind. I, I cannot close without saying this. I've told you about the times that I was kind. I've told you about the lady, the old lady, that gave us the buses because I was kind. I've told you about the fellow who, missionary who loves me because I gave him some money, and about the evangelist I paid his hotel room. There are a few things I haven't told you about because I really don't want to. But I know it pays to be kind because I've had my taste of unkindness in my day. I mean, I've been unkind this Christmas. I get, I got five $20 bills, and I took them to a fella 17 years ago. I said an unkind word to him. I don't mean, I don't mean now uh, that, like, like if I were to say, John, good night, let's get the job. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I mean, I said a personal unkind word to him. I mean, I got mad at him. I lost my temper 17 years ago. And I took five $20 bills and put them in an envelope, and I gave them to him this Christmas. No, that didn't pay for, that didn't take away the unkindness, but it sort of lets him know I'm sorry. You'd be surprised what I do for people that I've been unkind to through the years. When I was a kid preacher, nobody told me what, I'm t- what I t- teach our preacher boys. I-, I was a fundamentalist and went to a Southern Baptist school, and so many things went on in the school I couldn't approve, and my spirit was not what it ought to be many times. I'm not, uh, people say, I never heard Jack Howells criticize, Jim Vineyard says that, never heard Jack Howells criticize another preacher. He just hadn't known Jack Howells very long, that's all. I've had my taste of unkindness. I've had my taste of being critical. I've gone to bed at night with a dirty, bitter taste in my mouth of, of speaking ill toward people and criticizing somebody that was sincere. I've had my taste. There's a man right now. He says, I, I do more for him than any man in the whole world. He says, I'm the greatest friend he has. He says that he's never known a friend to be as, as good to anybody, any friend as I am to him. I do it for two or three reasons, but one reason I do it, because one day he and I had a fuss that lasted a half a day. Now, both of us were under strain. Both of us were carrying burdens that were too heavy to bear, and it's amazing we didn't kill each other. But we had a fuss that lasted a half a day, and I've lived a lifetime regretting it, and I've shed many tears over it. And so that's one, and I do stuff, I, all the time I do things for him. Why? Because I love him. Why? Because I want to be kind. Why? Because in some way I want to pay retribution for the fact that I spent a half a day of my life being unkind to him. Folks, we don't have that long to live. Dr. Bob Gray and I were talking. Thursday night he drove down to Kankakee where I preached. <laughs> That's the strangest thing. If you ever get Bob Gray and Jack Howes the same night, the same place, and both of them not preaching, that's the strangest play, thing. And it's to, pre- to, to uh, sit, sit in an audience and preach to Bob, Dr. Bob Gray or him to preach to me and, uh, and, and not in his own church. And it was sort of strange how we fellowship. And I said, Bob, you know what? I said, the first time I ever preached for you, I was in my 20s. And that's the first time we met. I was in my 20s. We, both of us were in our 20s. 
I said, do you know that in 22 more years, we'll have finished our three score and ten? He said, what? I said, I just what I said. You're almost 48. I'll be 48 in September. I said, in 22 more years, we'll have finished our three score and ten. Brother Hilton, I don't think I want to spend one day criticizing some beloved brother. I don't think I want to spend one day of my life. I don't have many left. Life's evening sun is sinking low. A few more days and I must go. Uh, that's what the ball-bearing quartet sang. Remember on the old-fashioned night? We did the balling, you did the bearing. And, uh, but, uh, uh, I mean, I don't have enough years left. Not enough years. And besides that, our Lord's going to come real soon. I don't have any time left to be unkind to people, and you don't either. I wish I could take back the unkind words and the unkind deeds. But you can't do it. Once they're said, they're said. Or you can maybe save over a little bit, or maybe pay retribution a little bit, but they're, they're said. They're said. Be you kind one to another. Be you kind one to another. Be you kind one to another. Deal kindly with thy servant. Add to godliness, brotherly kindness. Put on kindness. Be kindly affection one to another. Approving ourselves as ministers of God by kindness. Love suffereth long and is kind. Let me ask you a question. I'll be through. A few questions, I'll be through. High school kids, you been unkind people lately? Huh? Have you been unkind to your mother? Huh? Well, you say for the house, she just doesn't understand teenagers. Yeah, I know she doesn't. Nobody else does either. Have you been unkind to your mother? Huh? Tell you what you're going to do one of these days, and this is the same old, you hear this to you're sick of it, but it's true. You'll wipe a tear one of these days right here. And you'll look in the lifeless face <clears throat> and see the lifeless form of that mother. And you'll turn to walk away. And it won't be long either. You'll turn to walk away. And you're going to have some memories. Some memories. Been unkind. Been unkind to each other. Huh? It won't be long till, <clears throat> until till you'll be my age. You'll be in the middle or past the middle of life, and you'll wish you'd never been unkind to anybody. There was a day when Bob Keyes and I used to sit together in service like this on Sunday night. Now Bob's had a heart attack, open heart surgery, given up to die. Doctor says he, he may have five more years. And I, I, uh, <clears throat> I got him, scheduled him up. Around the country, he's been preaching around the country. I scheduled him up, and I've got him on salary. And the check come, goes from my office every month to him, helping to pay his bills and take care of him. I have. I'm not. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm just giving an example. I helped to buy him a car. Last time I was down there, I found his wife was was washing dishes at a, at a school lunchroom. I said, "You're not going to do that," and I took care of that. The other day he was preaching on a 
to her. And all of a sudden he began to gasp. And he had to lie down. They found him laying down. He's had to go off the road now, and he's taken a little job as an assistant pastor of a church teaching a Sunday school class. You'll wish someday you'd been kind. College kids, you've been kind. But unkind to each other? Unkind to your mom and dad? Unkind to your teachers? Huh? Be you kind one to another. 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 That's a command of God. That's not a request. That's a command. That's just as much a command as thou shalt not kill. Same God that wrote that wrote thou shalt not steal. Same God that wrote that wrote thou shalt not commit adultery. I mean, to be a kind, it's a command from God. And to be unkind is wicked and sinful and of the devil. Be a kind one to another. Be a kind one to another. Be a kind one to another. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, help us to be kind. Help us to be kind one to another. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Everybody is having a tough time. Everybody. Everybody. Little deeds of kindness mean so much. Little deeds of kindness. You have no idea what it does to me. A little lady will maybe make a, some package of cookies and she'll wrap a couple of them in a napkin and put them outside my office door. Be you kind one to another. Somebody brought Dr. Billings a little package of candid night and his face just beamed because they did be ye kind one to another be ye kind one to another you'll wish someday you had it then there'll be a day when you'll hate every unkind word and every unkind deed and every unkind act be ye kind one to another be ye kind one to another I wonder how many would say for the Hiles, I stand condemned tonight. I'm not a kindly person. I'm not a kindly person. And I stand condemned tonight. God has spoken to my heart about unkindness. Pray for me. Would you lift your hand, please, and let me see your hands all over the building. All over the building. All over the building. Are there others? Are there others? God bless you. Our Heavenly Father, help us to spend the rest of our days in kindness one to another. Help us to be kind one to another. So little of life left. And the days pass so swiftly. Help us, dear God, to sow, sow seeds of kindness everywhere we go and cast our bread upon the waters and be kindly affectioned one to another. Our heads are bowed. In just a few moments, we're going to stand and sing. When we do, maybe you ought to come tonight and repent of unkind deeds or unkind words or unkind acts. Maybe you ought to come tonight and kneel at the altar and say, Dear God, forgive me. I've been so unkind, 
so unkind. And just tell God about it. And make some holy vows to God that you're going to be a sower of kind, kind seeds, seeds of kindness. If tonight you're here and you're not saved, the kindest thing I can do to you is point you to Jesus. Would you come down the aisle and let us tell you how you can be saved tonight? Or if you're here and you're saved but not baptized, you come for baptism. Or somebody ought to join this church by transfer membership. If you're coming for salvation, baptism, or church membership, you just come and take my hand and I'll meet you at the front. If you're just coming to pray, just kneel at the altar as the Holy Spirit leads you. Father, we give the invitation to you. I'd love to think, dear Lord, that a dozen, a dozen children will get to go to Hammond Baptist High School or grade school because of this sermon. I'd love to think tonight that a lot of mothers will get letters from college students this week, sweet letters of appreciation because of this sermon. I'd love to think that a lot of teenagers treat mama better and dad better because of this sermon. I'd like to think, dear God, that Christian people would be kind to others because of this sermon. I pray that the city of Hammond shall see an improvement in the lives of our people because of this sermon. Speak to our hearts in sweet power and help us to remember that these many, many passages of Scripture about kindness are just as much Bible as John 3.16. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand, please? The choir is going to sing. If God has spoken to your heart, listen, I say again, it's as wrong to be unkind as it is to get drunk. Same Bible that says you've got to get born again says be a kind one to another. Yes, it does. That means teenage Christians, too. That means college Christians. That means children. That means men and women. That means all of us are commanded by God to be kind one to another. If you need to come, you do it while the choir sings. Thank you for listening and if you like this please subscribe and consider liking my Facebook page and joining my group Jesus Answers Prayer.